The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Action Network Podcast Golf Edition. For the first time in over a year, we can say it, it's a major championship week. Man, how good does it feel to hear those words? I'm Jason Sobel, along with, as always, my man, Peter Jennings. Peter, what's going on? I know we're going to get into so much breaking down the PGA this week at TPC Harding Park. We're going to look back a little bit at what was a nice week for some of us at the WGC in Memphis. But first, give me just a little taste of something you got today. I love hearing those words. I'm ecstatic. It's a major. You're, you're hot coming in after just an unbelievable last week across all the tours. And yeah, one actionable thing. I really like Billy Horschel again. He's starting to hit the ball great. So he's one guy that I'm looking at this week. But really, looking forward to hearing your wisdom because, uh, like I said, you are hot. And when we start recapping things, there's a lot of good news on your end. The guy that I picked last week to win, who won, I won't be fading him this week. I'll put it that way. I, I like JT a lot. It's been done in the past where Tiger Woods, 2006-2007, went from a WGC win straight to a PGA win the next week. Rory McIlroy in 2014 did the same thing. We're not supposed to have a WGC before the PGA right now, but because of COVID, because of the schedule changes, it wound up being just like it was before last year. And I think JT can do the exact same thing that those two guys did in the past. And, um, you know, it's interesting, Peter. I want to get to something that I wrote earlier this week because I wanted your take on it. Because I know everyone's going to be looking at, you know, what's the secret stat this week? What, what's the one number that I have to look at that's going to sort of unlock the key for me to figure out who's going to play well at the PGA Championship? People look at ball strike. I mean, feels like every week we say, okay, well, this guy's good tee to green, and this is a good tee to green course. I, tell me a course where you don't have to hit it well tee to green. It doesn't exist. Uh, so ball striking always works. Short game, look, again, it's one of those deals where, yeah, some weeks, you know, short game is a little bit more important than other weeks, but it's always good to have a good short game. I, I think people say uh, bogey avoidance because it might play a little bit U.S. Open-ish if it gets – uh, super tough out there. I don't think it's going to get quite that tough. But I write all this, I say all this because I, I went back and looked and I, I'm going to keep it much simpler, Peter, for this week. Basically, I want guys who have won this year and guys who are in good recent form because I went back and looked. 16 of the past 20 winners since the turn of the century, 16 of the PGA Championship winners had already won in that calendar year and 18 of those 20 had finished in the top 30 in their previous start leading up to that PGA victory. So basically you want guys who have had success already this year and who are in good recent form, like very recent form. I mean, it feels like that's a pretty good formula. I, I don't know a whole lot about trends and patterns here, Peter, but uh, those two things, when you get uh, 80% and 90% of the guys who have won this golf tournament um, fit into these trends, it, it feels like a pretty good one for me. Oh yeah. And you know, it's a major. So one other element is that, you know, historically, you just go through and look at major winners. It's almost always the best players in the world. I mean, you'll occasionally get someone different. I mean, we had Shane Lowry. You know, there's the Danny Willits of the world. Occasionally, 
you know, guys that maybe, you know, Sergio wasn't a top 10 player when he won, but it's almost all majors bring out high pedigree golfers. You look through the list and I agree with you. I mean, recent form is always a, a key part. And I think specifically for the majors, it's really important. And that's some, some great research. So we've had a lot of elite players win this year. Michael Thompson would be the one kind of exception, I guess, on the list uh, of like guys that you'd consider like super, super top end golfers. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I mean, it's been high pedigree golfers that have been winning Rom or Kawa, JT, even going back to Berger, who I think is catapulted kind of into that, maybe not the first tier, but definitely in the top two tiers of golfers. Um, there's a lot of guys who have, who have played really, really well, and a lot of them are the best players in the world. All right, so we're going to throw some more stats at you. Uh, we're trying to figure this stuff out. I always do this for me. Dude, you're giving a lot of stats to... before gloating about last week. Pretty impressed. You want me to, you want me to get into last week? No, no, no. I, got, I keep the stats going. He's, he's one of the best going. players in the world. I picked him to win. I just I can't be one of those guys who goes on Twitter like, hey, everybody, look at me. I picked a winner this week. I, I know he's like the second best player in the entire world and moved up to number one because he won this week. But look at me. I picked him. I mean, it's one thing if you pick Michael Thompson at the 3M Open and you're like, all right, you know what? Go gloat a little. Go brag. That's a great pick. You pick Justin Thomas to win anything and he wins that week. It's like, Cool. I just have to get him on the right week. I mean, he wins a lot of golf tournaments. That, that's not a. You had Horsfield a, though too. You, I mean, you you had a good week last week. But I, I like the golf stats. I don't. Yeah. I didn't mean to derail the golf stats. This is why I, I like the golf stats more than any of this. So just I'm impressed. I had Horsfield as well. I, I had a good week. I, I had a very good betting week. Um, hit a couple of NBA parlays. You want me to tell you about those too? I, I mean, of course. But we're in, <laughs> yeah, what? You keep it going. You're you're hot. You do whatever you want to do. No, no. I want I want to get some more stats here because. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, I, you know, there, there is a feeling that only the big boys can win major championships. And, yeah, sure, we've seen that over the years. And, yes, the guys you mentioned, the uh, Shane Lowry's and Gary Woodland's uh, and, and Jimmy Walker's and Zach Johnson at the Open, that was, uh, those are the four longest odds pre-tournament to win majors over the last five years. So I went back and looked. Did you know over the last 20 majors, last five years, only – well, really it's one player, two winners – have been the favorite going into the major or co-favorite and won. It was Jordan Spieth both times. It was at the uh, 2015 Masters and the 2017 Open. So uh, I thought that was interesting, first of all. And secondly, I went and basically looked over the last five years and I did the averages. And the average player to win a major championship over this time has been 35 to 1, and he's been ranked 11th on the board. And I went and looked, and there are basically nine guys – who fit this profile. I mean, you can go right down the list. Uh, it starts with Tiger, and it goes Tiger, Ricky Fowler, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Reed, Hideki Matsuyama, Tony Finau, Jason Day, Victor Hovland, Daniel Berger. Doesn't mean one of those guys is going to win. It just means that they are right in the sweet spot fitting the average profile of a major champion over the last five years based on odds and based on where they ranked on the board going into that major championship. Yeah, and all those guys can win, and I consider all those guys kind of, you know, tier two, tier one golfers, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of where I think for in terms of outrights, you have to – obviously, you know, maybe a slightly worse golfer than that has a chance to win, um, you know, maybe in that 50-to-1 range. But like you said, that's the Gary Woodland range of the past who's obviously catapulted to a different tier. Zach Johnson, who five, ten years ago was the best wedge player on tour. So, you know, you give him the right setup there, uh, he can win. and. 
you know, Danny Willett was really charging when he came in, when he won the Masters. And hey, you start looking back, there's a narrative that you can look to for some of the guys that are long rods. But I, I agree with you. It's almost always someone here. Brooks Kepka was kind of in that, like, the fifth favorite on the board when he rattled off a couple. JT, when he won, I was all over him. He wasn't the same caliber, you know, number one player in the world, but he was clearly trending towards a top tier golfer. So I, I like this. Uh, I like that range and a couple of guys you named there. I really like this week. I, I mean, some of these are great. Can you believe that two years ago at the U S open Brooks Kepka was ninth on the board at 25 to one going in. I guess, I guess we can believe that because last week he was 35 to one. I mean, these things change so quickly. Justin Thomas, when he won the PGA championship three years ago, he was 35 to one. It was like right in that sweet spot, right in the middle. Up and coming, um, hadn't yeah, won a big major yet. And, you know, guys like Rory and Spieth was certainly way ahead of him. Jason Day was probably one of the big favorites there. So, And Jason yeah, Day is someone I mean, you named that I, I – I mean, he is starting to play some golf. Love Jason Day. Love Jason Day. We're going to get some more of this stuff. Uh, first, we're calling on all listeners of the Action Network podcast. Head to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Write a quick review. only takes about 30 seconds to do, and we would really appreciate it. Not sure how to do it? Well – if you're listening right now on an iPhone, go to Apple Podcasts, tap the Action Network Podcast tile, scroll all the way down the episodes list, and there at the bottom, you will see ratings and reviews. Thank you, everybody, for doing that. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Jason Day. I, he's almost been like sneaky. It feels like we're talking about Brooks Kepka's sort of resurgence last week so much that everyone's almost glossed over Jason Day having three finishes of seventh or better in some really bigger events. I, uh, to me, that's astounding that he's done it this quickly. Um, I, I would credit it, and I, I didn't think I would be crediting this, but he is, uh, he is split with longtime swing coach Colin Swatton, who was basically like a father figure to him. They've been together for two decades. I can't believe Day is not working with Swatton anymore, but I think there's something to it in that Day basically now has greater ownership of his golf game. Instead of just, hey, I'm going to hit the ball, and then Cole's going to tell me what I'm doing right or doing wrong. It's, I'm going to hit the ball, and then I'm going to figure it out on my own. And we've seen this work for other players in the past. And right now, it's working really well for Day. I don't know, Peter, that this is going to be a great strategy long-term for Jason Day, but right now it's working for him. I mean, whatever it is, he's playing well and he's been healthy. I mean, Jason Day's played a lot of events during the COVID swing and hasn't really complained about the back too much. Jason Day is a guy that when he's on and playing well, he doesn't have a weakness. Jason Day hits it far. He has really good irons. He's hitting a bunch of shots that are like a couple feet. I mean, he had a shot last week where he got up and down from 172 yards to make a par, which, you know, if you're just looking through the scorecard, isn't whatever. But he has a bunch of shots where he's hitting it really close. And his short game, is elite. I mean, there is a stretch where he putted the ball better than anyone's basically ever putted the ball. So I think Jason Day has a lot of the ingredients that make sense. And, you know, of those names you mentioned, I mean, there's a ton of guys. Daniel Berger is playing amazing now. Everyone's talking about Tiger. I think there's still a Tiger tax this week, but uh, Tiger's clearly focused on, on this event. Colin Morikawa, I mean, give me the guy who's the best iron player like any yeah. week, you know, basically yeah. why JT, I mean, JT is an unbelievable wedge and iron player and like, you're going to be able to put it close to flags. You'll be able to make a lot of birdies. So that tier one B range is, is a great place to look. We're going to get to there. I want to get to that tier one A range. I, I want to talk about these five guys, even though it's not necessarily the top five in the world. I'm going to exclude Webb Simpson and Dustin Johnson for a little bit here because I just feel like right now, and this can change on a weekly basis, but I feel like right now, if you're taking the top five, it would be JT, Rom, Rory, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. Of those five, 
whether you're looking to place a bet, maybe a matchup between them, whether you're uh, looking to sort of kick off a DFS lineup, which one are you going with? I'm going Rom. Surprise, surprise. Peter Jennings loves John Rom. You know, I'm a huge JT guy and have been, and he's probably been the golfer that's historically maybe the most money. Last week, certainly not having JT. I had some JT, just I had less than the field. Uh, was painful because <laughs> I, I think he's so, he's so charismatic and so fun. Like, I just love JT. Uh, so it was painful to be rooting against him and watching him play well. And I, I sense that that could be the same this week for me. But I do love Rom. And Rom, I was really happy to get a low ownership relatively last week. You know, I know you have some stats here. Rom played awesome again on Sunday and missed a lot of putts. And I think Rom, again, Rom has zero weaknesses. Like, Rom is a guy who drives it far, hits it really straight, a really good iron player, great putter. I mean, literally does everything well, which is why he was just number one until JT took it from him. And I think this is a great setup, and Rom's going to win majors. So I want to be on Rom before he wins a major, and I think it it could easily be this week. Um, I know you're going to be on JT. The one comment I'll make is I've been on Rory, and – I don't know if I can be on Rory again with his wedge game right now. His wedge game is really, really struggling. So we'll see. It'll be frustrating if he does really well and I don't have him. But, uh, yeah, that top tier is really enticing. I think Rom is for sure the guy I'm buying, though. I mean, we talked about this stat earlier where you have to have recent success. You have to have uh, some recent form. Rory basically has neither. Rory mm-hmm. has not played very well recent this year, uh, hasn't won, and uh, is not in great recent form. So I, I just don't see how you can go with Rory. Uh, Bryson is a guy that I'm kind of scratching my head over it. I, I'm just not sure about Bryson on this golf course for whatever reason. I, I, I could see him go out, going out there and winning this golf tournament. I just don't think he's quite ready. The fact that he has struggled on golf courses that he hasn't seen because he just doesn't know where he's hitting it to. He can't figure out his sight lines. I think that's, uh, that's really getting to him right now, courses that he doesn't know that well. So in any case uh, – I'm going to save him for Wingfoot because I've been targeting him for Wingfoot for a while now. JT is my guy in this range. I, I like what you're saying about John Rahm. In fact, uh, I tweeted out earlier this week that at the Workday Charity Open, Rahm looked very ordinary, didn't break par the first three days, shot 64 on Sunday, and won the Memorial the next week. At the WGC in Memphis last week, Rahm looked very ordinary for three rounds, didn't break par, shot 66 on Sunday, and now he comes to the PGA. I laugh at all the people who, when John Rahm's name is mentioned, especially when he moved to number one in the world, go, man, that guy, he can't even win a major. Well, hold on. He's 25 years old. He doesn't have that many chances yet. Uh, Secondly, it's going to happen. And if you're out there betting and you're out there playing fantasy, whatever you're doing, if you, you have some sort of investment in the game of golf and you think that just because something hasn't happened, that means it'll never happen, then you're probably doing it wrong. I mean, uh, Peter, I, I can't think of a, a more horrible way to go about thinking of golf or really any other sport in, in terms of, of betting and fantasy than saying, well, so-and-so has never won this tournament, so I guess he never will. I mean, what, what a bad yeah, mindset to have. To say. I mean, yeah, for so many reasons. And, and if you're, if you're going to go about that approach and you're only going to bet previous winners or whatever, you're going to be paying a tax on that too. And then not to say that there, sometimes I think there absolutely can be previous winners that can be good bets or good investments in DFS. But uh, if that's your approach, uh, you're, you're having a lot of recency bias, which is not 
the way to, to make money. And oftentimes the best investments uh, in betting or DFS are when you're contrarian. So, uh, and John Rahm by no means is a contrarian bet. Like John Rahm has won a bunch of golf tournaments. He's consistently in the top five. He got to number one in the world for a reason. John Rahm is one of the most talented golfers on the PGA tour and can win at any time. Just like any, any one of these five could easily win. Uh, Rory's yes. the one who's the most, uh, you know, I, I thought Rory for sure. I mean, what he did in 2019 was unbelievable. One of the best seasons uh, that we've ever seen. I mean, you take out Tiger during his dominance. It's definitely probably the best golf season in the 2000s. Um, but, man, uh, he is struggling right now. But what if it's, would it shock me if he won? Absolutely not. Would it shock me if Bryson won, even though I'm kind of feeling the same way as you are? And Brooks Kepka yeah. is trending hard again and obviously the two-time defending champ. So we have all five of those guys are compelling. My top two would be Rahm and JT, and we'll see where the numbers grade out at this point. Yeah, I go JT, and I, I'm sort of two-way tie for second between Rahm and Kepka there. I, I yeah, really have fair. trouble going back and forth between them if I had to pick between one. I, I, I did my list. I have a ranking of all 156 guys in the field. I have Kepka three, and I have Rahm four. So I guess my answer to that is Kepka, but – um, if you wanted to transpose them and, and move them back and forth, I, I don't think I could have too much of an argument. I want to get to this sort of tier B, which, uh, you know, maybe we just call it tier A minus because these guys don't really deserve to be sort of second rate players. I'm going to go through the guys that I love because there are a whole bunch of them, Peter, and we'll see uh, whether you and I are on the same page here. But love Xander Shoffley this week. I've got him number two on my list. Love Patrick Cantley basically every week, um, especially because the guy just grinds on the weekends. Love Daniel Berger because Daniel Berger is an absolute stud and as cocky and confident as anybody out there. His last eight rounds uh, on the PGA Tour have all been sub-70 rounds. The guy just gets it done in the clutch. Love Colin Morikawa, who has some experience at Harding Park, something that most of the young players don't have. Love Jason Day. We talked about him already. Love Ricky Fowler, who hit it really well for three days at, uh, at Memphis and just can't get it done on the weekend. Love Matt Fitzpatrick, who's playing some terrific golf right now. Love Tony Finau, who I could absolutely see winning this golf tournament after everyone has said, sort of like we were talking about Rom, but even more magnified that Tony Finau can never win a big one um, just because he hasn't done it. And, and I will end this by saying I love Tommy Fleetwood, and I absolutely love Tommy Fleetwood in DFS where he is criminally undervalued this week. So yeah. that's a lot of players for you to react to. No, tons of players to react to. First of all, Xander is going to be chalk. Everyone likes Xander. You go through a lot of the top players, and, yeah, it's hard to find certain weaknesses, but a lot of them actually do have, like, a glaring weakness. Like, you know, yeah. Matsuyama can't putt. Uh, a couple guys maybe are a little more erratic off the tee but are great putter. Whatever. You can go through the list, and normally there's, like, really high strengths with a couple weaknesses, and then there's certain guys that just do everything well. Xander is that guy, and everyone likes Xander. He shows up in the big events. He's been playing well. I, I, I'm absolutely behind you on Xander. And my only fear, I guess, would be like DFS. Maybe he's chalky. Uh, love Jason Day. Have been on Fowler. Really want to see Fowler win. One of the nicest guys on tour. Uh, great for the game. Hopefully he can play well on Saturday or Sunday here soon. I mean, Oof. gosh, just just put it together, bud. Berger, I, I agree with you. Uh, Fleetwood is a guy that I am all over. I mean, Fleetwood has putted terrible. Uh, but, man, you know, he's had a couple events kind of shaking off a little rust. Mm -hmm. elite ball striker so he puts average he has a chance and at his price right now i think that's a great buy yeah finau i probably won't be on as much but yeah the what you said makes total sense i mean finau's got as much talent as anyone on the tour and you know he's always getting oh he can't win he can't win almost won the 3m i mean 
he's he's right there. It's just you know, can he get it done? And I think he's a fine play. I just he's there'll be other guys in that range that I that I think I'll have more exposure to. But yeah, yeah Fleetwood I, is so underpriced in DFS. I saw that right away, and I was like, what is going on? Seventy seven. He's like a thousand bucks too low, basically. Uh, yeah. Just because he hasn't played great over the two weeks that he's played, he shot sixty five on Sunday. That to me feels very much like. We're talking about Rom at the workday where he shot 64 and then won the next week. Granted, it was the same golf course, but guy hits it uh, so Fleetwood. straight too. And I think hitting fairways. I mean, we talked about T Green. Give me the guy who can hit it straight off the tee. That's where I'm starting this week. Like hit it far and hit it straight off the tee. Which I know all like every week. Give me the guy who hits hit, hit. But I think I think finding fairways is going to be very important this week. So by, by the way, we haven't talked about this golf course too much. I was there in 09 for the Presidents Cup. I did not go to the match play in 2015, but. Um, it, it's a beautiful golf course. First of all, it is, it, it's going to be a classic PGA championship type. Of course, I saw the superintendent, uh, said that he thought eight under would win this golf course, golf tournament. Um, guess what? The superintendent isn't used to setting up his golf course for the world's best golfers because, uh, it, it's going to be a better score than eight under. This is going to get the double digits. Uh, Rex Hoggard of golf channel earlier this week, uh, is on site and said, of the rough between on a scale of one to impossible, the rough was about a six and that was on Monday afternoon, which is fine. Uh, A six, six doesn't bother these guys. These guys are going to hit it out of a six. Uh, The course plays a little over 7,200 yards. Granted it's par 70. The eighth hole is the one everyone's talking about where even Gary Woodland uh, hit a driver off the deck uh, off the tee the other day. And it's going to be cold. It's going to be high fifties, low sixties. It's just going to, the ball's not going to carry as much. So, I think distance matters to an extent, but it's not like a course where you're just going to like bash it around. It's not like distance as in, hey, Bryson can hit at 400 yards, and so he's just going to be able to bomb it all day and be in great shape. I I don't think it's going to be that this week. So um, getting back to some of these players, I mean, even on the the lower end of that upper tier, uh, Sungjae Im and Abraham Answer and Shane Lowry are a few guys that I like. I know you like Billy Horschel. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and, and Horschel should be uh, another good play. He's, I thought it was going to be even better last week, but uh, a 25th place on the, on the heels of that uh, 13th, 7th in, in his two starts before that. I want to get a little bit lower on the list here. It, this is where you're going to win bets. This is where you're going to uh, certainly win DFS uh, tournaments this week. Getting down in the weeds a little bit, there's some guys that I really like, but only a few of them, and I'm having trouble parsing out sort of the the lower price guys that I really like at Giddy up let's bet horses for courses let's go back and forth here I'll, I'll throw out a name you throw out a name and, and we'll see if uh, we get any of these names uh, on the same page I'm gonna throw out my first one that I, I'm telling you he's gonna be low owned he, he's fairly low priced he's played really well this year most people don't know him Christian Bezweidenheit this kid South can African. play some golf. South African. He's been 20th and 22nd, I believe, in his last two starts, getting comfortable playing here in the U.S. Uh, I, I think this guy has a really good chance to at least be one of those guys, like kind of fringe contender going into the weekend and a guy that can pay off uh, based on his price in DFS. Yeah, I mean, he's starting to play some really good golf. Uh, you know, I was sweating sweating him. I had some money on Louis to be the top South African, fortunately. Mm. Bazunheit put it in the water on 18, but man, he played some really good golf on Sunday and uh, over the weekend played really well, which I think is a trend. You know, we've talked about that. Um, recent form is so important and you, know, you can look at the last tournament. I like looking at 
how they've done in the most recent rounds even. So yeah. I think there's, there's definitely something there. And uh, yeah, he's a guy who, who does a lot of things well. So I think that, uh, I think that's a, a pretty good pick. Um, you know, it's interesting when you start looking at kind of this tier, you have a lot of really good golfers. It's just a matter of figuring out, uh, you know, what, what you're going to weight the most. What, what's uh, enticing you the most about Bazudenheit? I think it's the recent results. Uh, I just look at him. He is, uh, he's just solid on a given week at yeah, 20th of the WGC, 22nd the Memorial, which basically played like a major. Didn't play well at the Rocket, which doesn't, uh, doesn't throw me off too much. But uh, 28th at the Heritage, uh, going back 18th at the API, which played like a major championship that week. He was second in Dubai, which had a really good field there. He was 29th of the WGC in Mexico, which again had another good field, and at least he was – uh, sort of up there. So the guy kind of shows up for these bigger events on tougher golf courses, which I think uh, makes a big difference to me. Another South African that we talked about that maybe is a little bit higher than this year is uh, Van Royen, who I think makes a lot of sense this week. Uh, really complete game. Guy that I'm consistently on that I actually like a lot this week, uh, if he can just putt a little bit, Corey Connors. Uh, yeah, last yeah. week played really well, just didn't putt well, which is which you can say pretty much every week. I mean, he led in proximity to the hole in 2019 and, and didn't have like an unbelievable season. He is a Benny on type putter. Who's another guy who uh, I really like Benny on um, again. And, and again, I know I, I get it. I know I'm on a lot of these same guys, but uh, man, it's, that's a range I like. Um, and I got, I have a couple more, but I'll, I'll let you, let you go. This might be your ball striker week. This might be the week where, Look, putting stats get negated a little bit. You want guys to keep it in play. And so Corey Connors and Benny on and Keegan Bradley and Billy Horschel are all just guys who, uh, who, who can, can strike it off the, off the tee and um, hit some laser irons. And I, I don't disagree with any of those guys. Again, I'm looking at guys in recent form. I'm looking at guys who have played tough golf courses really well. And another guy that rises to the surface kind of from this lower tier is Ryan Palmer. That's my uh, favorite pick. That was my next guy. That's my okay, favorite good. pick. All right, me too. I, I love Ryan Palmer this week. You go back. Ryan Palmer is plus 450 to be top 20 this week. Ryan Palmer has finished in the top 20 in 11 of his last 22 starts over the last year. That basically means he should be even money to finish in the top 20, and yet you are getting him at plus 450 this week. I don't think people quite understand just how good Ryan Palmer has been over the past 12 months. Oh, he's playing so good. And he had a great, I mean, he played really well on Sunday again, too. Had a bad Saturday. I was, he was uh, in my cash game teams, uh, who I really like. Uh, that's my favorite pick. I was saving him. Uh, I think he is trending in the right direction. Has a ton of talent, dealt with a variety of things that kind of, you know, really depressed his ranking and where he was in the PGA Tour. And now he's playing great golf again. So. Ryan Palmer, uh, yeah, I love everything he's doing. He hits bombs too off the team, yes. which yes, he does. I like that. Uh, Cameron Champ is a if you want to take a higher variance mm -hmm. pick, don't mind him. Sebastian Munoz, who we've talked about, I think is another one. Mm -hmm. uh, Louis is definitely in the mid tier, but I like him a lot. Um, those are kind of the, the, where I'm looking. But Palmer, uh, I really like, and then I have to ask you about Chez. We were texting about Chez on Sunday. Led the field tee to green last week. Talk about a guy who can't putt. I mean, I was rooting for him. He had a three-footer for three in a row, bricked it. I mean, just he, – he hits lasers. He's not long, though. He's not long, which that could be a concern. Uh, but, man, the guy hits it so straight. So, what, what do you think about Chez? 
I like Chez a lot. Has a really good recent major championship record. I think the tougher it plays, the more I like Chez. If this thing turns into you've got to shoot 15 under to be up, up near the top, then I, I don't think Chez has a great chance. If it's five under to be up near the top, I, I really like Chez. I, I'm still just sort of bewildered at the fact that Chez is not long, hits it straight, but also isn't a great putter, and yet somehow plays really well at big tournaments. I like none of that makes sense. Like you have to do some of that well. And um, he just I gets the ball. You, in the I mean, hole just if you hit stuff. it that straight, I mean, like, I guess that's the key. Like it, I, yes. if the ball is always in this narrow distribution, like, I mean, Brendan like, yeah, but he is not days. long and, and outside of being exceptionally straight, he doesn't do anything well. Like he's like, he's a good ball striker, obviously, but he's a, not a great scrambler. Cause his putting is not, you know, he's fine. But like, it's not like he's elite around the greens. He's certainly awful on the greens, and he's not long. So it's like you don't do those three things well. It's really hard to compete, but that's what happens, I guess, if you hit your five iron straighter than people hit their pitching wedge. Yeah, two guys who uh, we haven't talked about. that We've talked about mostly ball strikers. These guys, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it, it just it, – at least it feels to me like they're that's really That's where I'm always putters. at, and I get it. I get that I, that's I know. the same. But I know. I, so I'm, I'm going to look at some – I'm going to look at some putters, and really there aren't a whole lot of guys right now where I go – Man, that guy he hits it terrible, hits it sideways, but he rolls it. I mean, years ago, we talked about Brad Faxon that way. Talk about Steve Stricker that way. There were guys who uh, – Corey Pavin was a good ball striker, but, I mean, he got it done with his short game. Um, there were guys who could subsist uh, in the upper echelon of the PGA Tour by being average ball strikers and really good putters. And it seems like we don't have very many of those guys who are out there now. I think just everyone's become – a much better putter with all the technology available to them. Two guys that I think roll it really well. Uh, one is Mackenzie Hughes, who's getting no respect in the markets, no respect as far as DFS pricing, but has three top six finishes in his last seven starts. This guy can go really low when the putter gets hot. And then Max Homa, who went to school at Cal, a NorCal guy just like Morikawa is. And uh, I, I think that Max Homa has proven himself to be playing some good golf and play some good golf on – so I like I like Max Homa. He cannot putt though. I'll, okay. I'm going to call out Max. Okay, Homa's fine. You know who is uh, second this year in strokes gained putting that you mentioned that I like that I think you know is kind of in that right in that tier of playing well that this guy could win is Matthew Fitzpatrick. Matthew Fitzpatrick is a really really good putter and he's not super long, but he doesn't really have like a glaring weakness I would say, but he puts it really well, which is why he's kind of in that top. 15, 20 golfer range consistently. You know, Denny McCarthy's always right there. He does so many other things badly. I don't even know if McCarthy's in the field. I assume he is. He got in as the 10th alternate or ninth. He was the ninth alternate originally, which is same as what, I mean, if you're into like history and, you know, sort of patterns and stuff, John Daly was the ninth alternate when he won the PGA championship as a rookie at, uh, crooked stick. So if you're really into those kind of things, Danny he, McCarthy, he puts it better than anyone. And that's why he's out there. Cause he, if you look at the rest of his yes. team, that's why he's out there. And I'll throw out one other good putter. That's hot. That had just one. And he's one of the best putters out there is Wierenski. And he just yeah. won in an unbelievable fashion at the Barracuda holes out on a par four for five points and then drops a bomb on 18 uh, to beat Troy Merritt, who I was really rooting for. He volunteered to be mic'd up. Uh, and he beat him by one point. So that's one guy that puts it really, really well. But for the most part, I, I am looking to fade guys at the top of the list that are uh, putting really well, and I'm expecting that to, to regress. So Okay. Well, we're going to get right to our 
DFS lineup, our ultimate DFS lineup in just a second. But first, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be announcing some exciting contests and promos for you, our beloved listeners. So stay tuned for those. And as a reminder, all summer long, Peter and I will be releasing PGA Tour betting previews to get you ready for these weekly tournaments. Plus, we've got Matthew Friedman, Chris Raybon, Sean Corner, the best in the business, going position by position with their NFL fantasy previews leading up to week one of the season. And we'll have Stucky and Colin Wilson doing college football conference previews, NBA betting, NFL futures betting. So many great episodes coming to this podcast feed in the weeks ahead. So stay tuned for all of that and so much more. And if you're just kind of getting to us on a major championship week and not used to uh, what we do on a regular basis, well, uh, keep coming back because we do this every single week. And uh, don't forget to catch us on The Gimme, our online show uh, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday evenings as well. So there's all the promo stuff that I can get in there, Pete. Uh, let's get through this DFS lineup. I have a feeling you and I are going to have some of the exact same picks and we're going to be nodding our head at each other for a little bit. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him and you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of because God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. I will take honors, and I will go with the guy that I know you're not going to complain about because we just talked about him. We talked about his price, but uh, Tommy Fleetwood at 7,700 on DraftKings. Like I, I have nothing else to say other than just like smash that button and put him in there because it's just it's a great play. It's an amazing play. Tommy Fleetwood at one point was the best driver of the golf ball statistically in the entire PGA Tour. I mean, the guy is elite, elite ball striker who. If he putts average, watch out. Love that yeah. price. I do think that has a chance to be chalk, so let's be cognizant of that. But I think he's one of the highest, if not the highest, equity plays on the board. Let's go with uh, Ryan Palmer as our next guy at 6,900. I, I like uh, the start we have here. Uh, I have been super high on Ryan Palmer, been playing him a bunch, and love that price tag and have a lot of conviction that uh, I like that top 20 bet. I kind of have him in that you know high teens to 20% to make uh, top 20, so – uh, I really like Ryan Palmer, and uh, his upside is certainly there, too. He's playing great golf. He was going to be my next pick. I knew you would be on, on Palmer and, uh, and Fleetwood. So, um, you know, I think, I think we're definitely on the same page so far. Got two guys here in the low 8,000s, and, and we have 35,400 left. You can get some money. really good lineups starting out with uh, Fleetwood and Palmer there. So um, I'm going to go with uh, going back and forth, but – uh, I have Matt Fitzpatrick at fifth on my list of 156 players in the field. I believe Jason Day is at seventh. And so, uh, no, Jason Day is at eight. So I guess that means that Matt Fitzpatrick uh, gets moved into the spot here at 8,100 this week. Love it. Putting it great. Um, had a little bugaboo at the very end of his round, but was charging on Sunday. I mean, yeah. really charging. Uh, I love Matt Fitzpatrick. And I was going to take Jason Day anyways. You mentioned he's number eight on your board. That's my lucky number. I like Jason Day. If I, of the outright bets, that's kind of where uh, I'm looking. There are some crazy numbers on Jason Day, by the way. He's now kind of in that 33 to one range. Uh, he's coming on so strong that some books that had stale lines, I saw an 80 to one out there on oh. Jason Day. Uh, that obviously disappeared. But uh, there are the, shop for price when you're betting outright. Jason Day is someone that fits exactly the stats you were talking about, and uh, I think he's decent value in the outright markets, which uh, it's tough to find good players at good value. And, and I think Jason Day, uh, especially if you can get like a 40 to 1, is, a, is a, a good bet. By the way, my favorite prop bet of the week, top Aussie this week. So you've got Jason Day. We just talked about him. 
Adam Scott has not played a competitive round of golf in five months. I don't think Adam Scott's going to play poorly, but there's going to be a little rust. Mark Leishman has not finished better than 40th in five starts since the restart. Then you've got Cameron Smith, eh, Matt Jones, eh, Lucas Herbert, eh. That's all the Aussies. Yeah. Jason Day has to beat those guys at plus 135, plus 140, depending on the book, for Jason Day to be top Aussie this week. I absolutely love that. I've bet it already. I bet that last week, which which paid off. Not that uh, I had a lot of losing bets as well, Rory and Rom. Thank you. But uh, the nationality props are a lot of fun. You know, the top Oklahoma State. You know, you can bet Ricky or Hovland or Wolf. Um, but the nationality props. I like Corey Connors, top Canadian. I like this top mm. Australian bet. If I was going to go a sneaky one, maybe Matt Jones and get a lawn number on him. But I, I like I like where you're going with Jason Day, and obviously love him in our DFS lineup. We got some money to spend though now. We do. So we've got. Uh, Ninety-four fifty per man left to spend. You know, Pete, I was just thinking about it because we're, what, 30 minutes in, 35 minutes into doing this podcast, and I'm looking at the guy at 9,200 named Tiger Woods, and we have yet to mention his name on this podcast. And somehow we are both going to get fired for uh, not mentioning Tiger's name until now. So I, I think that before I make this pick, I want to just get to Tiger. And basically my feeling on Tiger this week is he really doesn't have any recent form because he's only played one golf tournament. He's a 44-year-old with four back surgeries who um, has repeatedly told us that it takes him a while to get warmed up. It ain't going to warm up at Harding Park. It's going to be uh, low 60s, high 50s throughout the week. None of this seems like a good combination for Tiger Woods to play strong golf. I get what he's done at this golf course in the past. 2005, beat John Daly in a playoff. 2009, President's Cup. Went 5-0. and I was there. He absolutely striped it the entire week. He's never lost to anybody on this golf course, but he hasn't played here in 11 years. Is there any little inkling inside your brain saying, you know what, maybe Tiger this week, or are you just absolutely fading? I mean, every week you think maybe Tiger this week because he's arguably the greatest golfer of all time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's the social media is in love with him. Uh, of course, I mean – Everyone's rooting for Tiger. I'm rooting for Tiger, and I probably won't have any investments in him because the Tiger tax. But, yeah, 9200 is not a bad price. Um, I guess if you're going to make a bull case for Tiger, because I think you laid out the, the temperature thing is real for sure with Tiger. Um, and there's some other reasons that I think you could lay out for the bear case specifically. No recent form, like you just mentioned, and just the caliber of golfers around him. Um, yeah, I think you can have a little more conviction in some of the guys. But – the best bull case for me is that Tiger is optimizing his entire schedule and doing everything he can to peak for majors. All he cares about now is these majors. And, you know, you saw him doing a lot of stuff out there with the putter, and he is grinding this week. And I don't think you get Tiger grinding basically anywhere else outside of the majors. And, I mean, it's Tiger Woods. So I, I, you're getting – you're. it's kind of like the Brooks Kepka bump at majors. I'm definitely going to give bumps to Tiger. But uh, for a lot of reasons, I think he's – He's just fine. I mean, other people are going to sell you hard on Tiger, so I'm not going to be that guy. I, I've got him, uh, as I wrote in my ranking of the entire field, I, I, I have him at 26. I said, you know, I certainly don't feel comfortable putting him any lower than this on the list. But I also don't really feel very comfortable putting him any higher than that on the list. I just think it's, a, it's just going to be one of those, it's an okay week. You know, it doesn't really get his value. Um, doesn't look terrible. I, I just don't think it's, it's anything special this week. Morikawa uh, and Berger think, are cheaper. And you, yeah. Morikawa and Berger fit exactly. They both have won earlier this year. They're both in that range that you talked about. And you get them for a cheaper price than you get for Tiger in DFS and in the betting markets. And I would, I prefer both those guys straight up to, to Tiger. 
Okay, so speaking of them, we've got two players left on the board. I'm going to give you a couple of combinations and see what you like best because we can do something like Xander Shoffley and either Berger or Morikawa. Yeah. We can do Patrick Cantley and Dustin Johnson. We can do John Rahm and Ricky Fowler or Hideki Matsuyama or Patrick Reed, even Tony Finau. Which of those combinations sort of gets you the most excited? I'd say the one I'm least excited about is is the Cantley Road. I know you've been high on Cantley. I mm-hmm. think Cantley is really good. I just think there's a little bit of a tax on him right now. We'll see. Hopefully, he can really put it together here soon. I, I do think it's coming at some point. But I like him less than the market, so I would not go that route. Xander, the Xander route is probably the highest equity route to go. My only concern with Xander is that we're looking at a pretty chalky lineup potentially. Palmer's probably not, but like. I expect Xander and Fleetwood uh, to both be pretty heavily owned. But, you know, I don't know. Jason Day, maybe he hasn't been owned. Maybe he'll be a little bit more owned this week. Ryan Palmer, not sure. I hope he's low owned. And, of course, I love John Rahm. But I like the combination less of who we get with John Rahm than I like. The Xander one is the highest equity. So I'm going to defer to you. You're hot. I mean, we can eat a little chalk. I don't care. We'll take Xander. I mean, maybe, maybe we go less chalky on the back end. I mean, maybe we try to save some money. So we can go Xander which now leaves us with 8,900. I mean, I, I have to go Morikawa there. I mean, I just, I, 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 I can't. Do. I was just going to say, you like saving money. If we went like Ricky Fowler and left 600 on the table, all of a sudden now we're maybe differentiating enough without yeah. taking too many non-chalky guys. I, I don't hate that. I just, I mean, you get, you leave it. And Burger, I mean, if we went Burger and leave 100 on the table, I think that's a really chalky lineup. But, dude, you leave me money with Morikawa, place <laughs> in California. I, I mean, know. I how, how pure is Morikawa? I mean, I, JT and Morikawa are, are definitively one and two on my list of favorite golfers. Benny on is skyrocketing, though. I mean, Benny on on social media is hilarious right now. He, so. He's very good. He's very good. I, uh, uh, yeah, I love Morikawa here. He has played, by the way. If you do a Google search, Colin Morikawa, TBC Harding Park, you will see stories going back uh, multiple years because he played here in college. He said a few weeks ago that he's played here probably 12 to 14 times already. Um, that is way more than just about everybody else in the field. Um, even the guys played in the uh, WGC event five years ago where Rory uh, beat Gary Woodland, but it was match play. It's just kind of a different type of golf course when you're playing match play. President's Cup, obviously, match play as well. That was back in 09. And if you're looking at guys who played in the WGC back in 05, you're basically limiting yourself to guys like Tiger and Phil and not too many other guys that are still in the field this week. So. Um, you know, really not a whole lot of experience. So I, I like a guy like Morikawa. I mean, home I cooking. love Morikawa this week. I, 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 I love, I think it, you mentioned and the rough. I know it's not that penal, but man, I still want, like, I, I think it's going to, if you're going to want to make birdies, I think being in the fairway is imperative. I mean, I, it always is, but I think this week I, there's even a little bit more of a premium. I think in the majors, finding fairways is just a, a really critical part of it. And Morikawa, that, that butter cut that he hits off the tee is just so reliable. And then it's JT or Morikawa is the best iron player in the field. So I feel good about a lot of opportunities if I have those guys. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, um, those people out there who say, oh, uh, you know, he's too young, you know, to really contend in a major championship. Those are, those are the people yes. who are still saying he's too young to go out and, and beat a really good field, which he, he just did a few weeks ago. I mean, it's – Give me a break. I mean, we, we've gotten past this. These guys are basically professional amateur golfers when they're 12 years old 
Poor uh, Kyle's the wisdom the of a 50 year old too, by the way. He, Listen to the guy he, talk. I mean, he's more mature than I am by a mile and I I'm nine years old. I mean, he's probably yeah, not exactly. no offense to you. He's more mature than you. Like, and you got kids he's way like, more guy, mature than me. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, more, more Kyle is the ultimate pros pro like just period. And, and mature is not even the right word. It's just like, he is so polished, so thoughtful. Um, he has all the, he has everything going for him. I mean, there's a reason why he's where he is. And yeah, I couldn't say enough positive things about Mark Allen. So let's, let's break down our PGA lineup here. Xander Shoffley at 10,000, uh, Colin Morikawa, 8,600, Jason Day, 8,400, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 8,100, Tommy Fleetwood, 7,700. You kidding me? And Ryan Palmer at 6,900, leaving 300 on the table. I'm literally locking that in and saving I mean, it's it like right one of those because, weeks, right? Like, how does that not win a million bucks? I, I mean, it's you're looking at it. And by the way, if you're doing FanDuel lineups as well, it's like oh, you can one lower priced guy, and that's like, okay, I can have these five in my Burgers, like sure. low nines or something on yeah, FanDuel. It's, it's insane. It's, uh, it's pretty easy to put together lineups. So you can put together some lineups this week um, that basically are going to look like they cannot lose, and maybe they won't lose, and maybe uh, you and I will split the million dollars, or I think it's three million this week, isn't it? Well, it's a huge tournament, yeah, a million to first again. But yeah, let's let and there's there's multiple. Okay. There's a seven thousand dollar buy-in where half the money is to first. Essentially, that is that takes some big stones. But uh, I will be in there a couple times for sure. I, I was gonna say I'll put us in the mill. You put us in that one, and we'll see. Okay, no problem. We'll, we'll split it up. Yeah, no, 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 no problem. <laughs> love that, love that. We're gonna get some. Final thoughts here just in a second. But first, uh, once again, we're calling on all listeners of the Action Network podcast, head to Apple Podcasts, and give us a five-star rating. Maybe six, maybe seven. However many stars you can fit in there. Write a quick review. only takes about 30 seconds. And tell us how much you like us. We need constant affirmation. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, Peter, final thoughts. First major in 54 weeks. How fired up are we? I'm so fired up, and this is this has been so much fun, Jason. I've loved this podcast. We're on the same page in a lot of things. I think you hit the nail on the head with some stats. I'm just, I mean, you're hot. I'm hoping that rubs a little bit off on me, and uh, very excited for the PGA Championship, the coverage, and uh, couldn't be more excited for a major championship. Can't wait to watch this one. I'm taking absolutely no credit once again for picking Justin Thomas last week. You get no credit, and I'm not taking any fluffers for picking one of the world's best players to win a golf tournament, and he happened to do it. I mean, that you know, I, it's just that's what happens. That's what the world's best players do. They win golf tournaments. So that said, if I pick him again this week, which I am, and he wins again this week, I, maybe I'll take credit for two in a row. Okay. We talk on the pod next week. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. As always, catch Peter and I with Amanda Rose on the gimme. 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Check your local social channels to figure out where to watch that. And enjoy the PGA Championship this week. For Peter Jennings, I'm Jason Sobel. Here's hoping you hit the green. We're finished talking.